1: And you're watching the Amato Podcast.
0: All right. Today, we're talking to Matt Weston. He's an international country recording artist. His album was named IMEA. the year in 2019, and that is International Music and Entertainment Association, if you don't know what what IMEA is. Uh, His new album, Legacy, is available everywhere. Uh, Please check it out. Definitely support support independent artists. It's very important. Uh, You can find him pretty much everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, Spotify. We'll put all the... We'll put all the links up for you as well. Welcome. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me, brother. It's good to be here. It's good to be here.
0: Absolutely. You're you're coming from Pittsburgh, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Born and raised.
0: Not too far from us. How would
1: how yeah. you, you get involved in music? Well, that's kind of a long story. I'll give you the short version. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my whole life I've been involved one way or another with music, you know, when I was a a kid in school, I played in the band and the orchestra and stuff, you know, it's uh, always been around it. Um, I didn't really I didn't sing at all when I was a kid. I didn't really know how uh, <laughs> I actually taught myself how to sing in uh, in college. And um, it kind of became a passion of mine singing. And I would sing with, you know, my cousin's band or my friend's band or just karaoke. I actually DJ karaoke for quite a while and uh, I just loved it as a hobby. Um, Never really pursued it as anything more serious than that, um, but um, I guess it's been four years now. I I, uh, I lived in Los Angeles for a little while. Uh, I was pursuing acting. This is after I was an engineer. I've done a lot of, shit, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to ask LA, you that. LA, I was in LA pursuing acting, and um, my father got sick, and so. About a year after I moved to Los Angeles, my dad died. And uh, as you could imagine, I was a mess. You know, I was uh, in a really dark, dangerous place. Um, it was scary, but I was really angry and I was lost and I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. You know, I wasn't happy with engineering, so I left that in the in the past. And um, I moved back to Pittsburgh because I was a mess and I had to be around my family, you know. So, um, acting seemed to be left on the West coast and I was here in Pittsburgh with nothing and my father was gone and I was a mess and it kind of hit me one day and I'm not sure how, um, it was kind of like an epiphany as they say, I just knew I had to pursue music. Uh, my dad, he'd always loved my singing. He always just, he loved it. He encouraged my music, um, for years, he encouraged me to keep pursuing it. So. I just decided, you know what, what better way to honor his legacy and honor him than uh, to, to pursue music. And so I did. I, I created an album, my debut album, and I named it Legacy and uh, dedicated it to my dad. And it really just kind of took off from the beginning, right from there. It, it, it's, uh, it seemed like it was blessed from the beginning. You know, I was doing it. I turned tragedy into a triumph. You know, and uh, honored my father in the process. And actually, I think it may have saved my life, to be honest with you. I don't know. Um, I wasn't going down a good path. I was going down that downward spiral, you know, and um, it gave me a new purpose and a new passion in life. So uh, I really rebuilt myself from scratch using well between my my family and God and music. I I really uh, started a new life for myself. So um, it's, an inter- it's a different kind of story. How'd you get into music? You know, but that's that's my that's my story. And it, it's been pretty bittersweet, but it's been also very rewarding, very rewarding.
0: So I also lost my, my dad from uh, I was reading your story from leukemia. Same yeah. same thing. So Sorry, I, I understand it's it's a hard uh, it's a hard deal. Um, yes. So you didn't plan on going into music. That's It's, it's no.
1: interesting um yeah. <laughs> so it's
0: kind of it's a gift
1: honestly it, it is a gift from god it is i you know I, it's funny when i was a kid i couldn't carry a tune in a bucket that's what i used to say you know um and i taught myself how to sing um emulating guys like frank sinatra uh, believe it or not i sing country music but you know johnny cash was uh, a big influence garth brooks toby keith um stuff with a little bit more testosterone you know a little bit of masculinity to it so um i learned how how my voice worked emulating those guys and it just built from there and uh, i just i keep honestly the more i do it the better i, I get at it <laughs> i guess that's normal <laughs> uh, so
0: i i was just gonna say you're when i think of country music um and i listen to your music like it doesn't like say country music to me it's more of a, a Um, like you just said, a testosterone charge, like their anthems, Um, you know, I love them. Um, Did you, did you set out to to be a little different or is that just your style?
1: I just wanted to make music that I liked really. Um, I like every different kind of music that you could think of pretty much. And so a lot of influences and um, we just, we created something that, that I like. And I think something that my dad would have liked and that's the sound that we have I it really just comes from personal preference I think and uh, when it's right and when it's done I know it and then all right hit print it's done you know <laughs> so that's just how it worked and I uh, how, know, how? I surround myself with like the amazing people that really believed in my vision and and in why I was doing it and they they got to know me really well and uh, we really just put together something I think is probably my proudest accomplishment thus far in my life. So, um, it's incredible how, how it goes from darkness to, to light, you know? Um, and I know my dad's smiling right now, so.
0: Absolutely. What was it? Was it difficult? I mean, you weren't in the, you weren't in the music business. Could you tell me about that whole whole transition from being an engineer?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, as you know, like singing in a studio compared to singing in a band or a karaoke is a lot different. So when I first stepped into the studio, we actually did a couple songs, um, kind of to get my feet wet, to be honest with you. Uh, and I really, you know, my, my producer, Brian Cole is a great voice coach and a great musician in his own right and a great producer, but he would coach me and he would challenge me and. I would work at it and every time I would meet his challenge and he would just continue to push me. Um, so it was difficult. It was a learning curve, really, to, to learn how to record um, in a studio. Uh, but now, actually, it's it's becoming relatively easy like we did. We recorded a song. I think I was done with all the lead vocals within about a half an hour. So oh, wow. uh, it started out <laughs> the first few songs, you know, it was like. Uh, maybe an hour, two hours per song, making sure we get it right. And now with more experience under my belt, it gets easier and easier. So, yeah, it was difficult, but it gave me something to shoot for. It gave me a goal to work towards. It gave me something to distract me and something to to work towards. And that really helped pull me out of that pit that I was in um, after losing my dad. So the challenge of it actually became part of the blessing. So that's pretty cool.
0: Did you have any misconceptions about going in the music business? Like, uh, did you have some beliefs and then you're in the business now and uh, things kind of just changed your mind or your outlook on
1: it? Yes. Um, Well, I had been living in Los Angeles, as I mentioned before, uh, pursuing acting. And um, it's a different culture out there than here on the East Coast. Um, And as, you know, as the cliches and the stereotypes describe. That's really kind of how the culture is, kind of superficial. You know, people were like, what's in it for me? Um, and uh, just fake, a lot of fake friends out there. Um, and I expected the same thing in music because, you know, that it's entertainment industry. I figured it was basically the same thing, but I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I, I've made some amazing friends in Pittsburgh and in Nashville and been uh, welcomed with open arms. And with nothing but support, and and help, and love, Uh, I um, just—it's a different culture in the music world than it is uh, in the in the acting world. And I was pleasantly surprised at that. That uh, it's made it definitely a lot easier on me to pursue it. You know, being surrounded by good people, so that's important. Who've been your biggest supporters? Well, outside of my family, my friends, my girlfriend. uh, my uh, my producer Brian Cole has been like a brother to me. Really, has become a good friend. Um, the owner of a studio here in Pittsburgh that I cut my first album, uh, Doug Casper. He's a great friend, uh, and some people in Nashville, different musicians and songwriters and publishers down there. Dallas Gregory's for one. His whole family. He's he's a publisher in Nashville, and. They are the warmest, kindest, most welcoming people I've ever met in my life. You know, if I if I go to Nashville to to record or to write some music, they get mad if I don't stay at their house while I'm there. You know, they're just so warm and welcome. And uh, I just love them. And if they're watching, I don't know. I just give them a little shout out. So I love you guys.
0: Awesome. What's with Pittsburgh? It seems like Pittsburgh has like this great uh, scene for music and country
1: music. Yeah. 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 Pittsburgh has a lot of different, um, music actually. Uh, it, it's really Pittsburgh's kind of always been a melting pot. Um, and in the arts as well. Uh, I mean, right now everything's shut down. It's tough to, <laughs> you can't really see any live shows anywhere, unfortunately, but that's everywhere. But Pittsburgh, um, I think it's actually growing. There's this, um, music festival. I think it's been going four or five years now, the Deutschtown music festival, it's called Deutschtown, And, um, I think they had like a couple hundred stages in different locations set up and over, I think over 300 or I want to say 300, that might be a little high, but about that many bands played through the whole festival. I guess it's a few days long. And, uh, I mean, just live music's popping up in a lot of different places now. Not quite like Nashville, where you just walk down the street, you go to an ice cream shop, and there's a guy with a guitar inside. It's it's a little different. But Pittsburgh is, I think, it's just building and building, and uh, our community's getting younger too, um, because of all the research and the schools here, and the you know the medicine and the robotics and a lot of the technology that's coming out of Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon and stuff like that. Um, we have a lot of younger people here now. Um, that are really starting to bring the arts to Pittsburgh in, in a big way. And I think I'm just really getting into it at the right time. I really am.
0: Nice. So I, I got to ask you, how has this, uh, this lockdown affected your your plans, at least currently?
1: Yeah. Well, April was supposed to be a pretty big month for me in general. I mean, um, let's see. I was supposed to be at a wedding April fir- uh, 4th. First weekend of April. The next weekend was my birthday, April 10th, so that got pretty much canceled. And then this past weekend, I was supposed to be in Kentucky at um, Bobby Mackey's Music World. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Um, It's a it's an old school honky tonk in Wilder, Kentucky. And I go there for my birthday now. It's a tradition. We go there every year, and um, we have a blast. I just I, I love that place and. I get to go on stage and perform with Bobby Mackey himself a, a couple of times, wow. which is cool. Um, so that was this past weekend. Didn't happen. And then this coming week, I was on the 28th going to be recording my new album in Nashville at Sony uh, Studios. So that's canceled now, too. <laughs> it's been a rough, <laughs> depressing month. It really has been tough on me. Um, but you know what? It's, everything's just going to be postponed, I think. And we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Uh, just not as soon as I'd hoped. So I'm just trying to stay positive. It's been tough, but uh, this nice weather is healthy, I'll tell you that. Pittsburgh is yeah, no,
0: definitely getting
1: Pittsburgh is one of the gloomiest cities in the country, so it's a little tough. But today is beautiful. <laughs> how,
0: how are you staying in touch with like your fans who want to hear your music?
1: Doing stuff like this. Doing stuff like this. Um, just you know, interviews, written interviews as well. Uh, I haven't really done anything. On Facebook Live. I mean, I don't, I don't have a band right now at the moment, and if I did, we couldn't do anything, anyways. You know, <laughs> we're all quarantined, so um, it's a little more difficult right now. I think people are coming up with new ways to interact with the fans, and uh, I haven't really done a lot of that, unfortunately. But uh, this counts, right? I mean, it has to. It has yeah, absolutely. to absolutely,
0: <laughs> and it helps. It helps just talking to somebody, you know, instead of just yeah. sitting sitting in the room, uh, yeah, I, looking at the wall. I agree. (laughs) Um, could you talk about your, your writing process? I mean, we can go down and talk about some of your songs, but how do you, how do you, so a song like, Hey bro, which I love, we used it as an intro to one of our, uh, our videos. Um, how do you, how do you come up with that for somebody who doesn't write music?
1: Well, that song was actually written by a friend of mine, two friends of mine, uh, DJ Gleason and Joey Scott in Nashville. And, um, they honestly didn't, I, I asked them about that song in particular. I didn't really have an idea of what happened. They were just like, we wanted to do something with like, Hey Bro in it. Cause everyone says, Hey Bro. So we just kind of came up with it. I was like, That's it. That's it. But it, it turned out awesome. And the, the song, the lyrics, everything really just spoke to me. So I, I had to record this song and it, it took on a special meaning for me. Actually. My, my cousin was really, um, he almost died in a car accident last year. Um, very, It was brutal. He was in the ICU for about a month. And when he, when he finally came home and I let him hear the song before it was even released. And I saw him tapping his foot and clenching his fist and he was still pretty maimed, pretty mangled. Um, but he was so pumped up at this song. I just got all teary eyed and I was like, man, this song is dedicated to you. And it's all about like, you know, getting having each other's backs and having that bond that's stronger than blood and just the love that you have for for your fellow man. And, uh, So that song took on a special meaning to me, but I didn't write that one. Um, But when I do write, when I do write, it usually, um, it's funny. uh, I find inspiration in almost anywhere. Uh, It just kind of hits me. And when it hits me, I know it. I can't really force it. Sometimes I try and it's just not cool. And then I'll come back to it and I'll write the whole thing in a half hour. It's it's weird. Uh, It's kind of like a stream of consciousness thing once it starts, you know, Um, but then sometimes you get that mind block, but, uh, I'm more of a lyricist, to be honest, since I was a kid, I, um, you know, I'd written poetry and, and songs and stories and stuff. So, um, I was good at, I guess, good with words. Um, and so I'm more of a lyricist and, uh, the music usually comes after that comes after like, I wrote a song that's not released yet called, um, the thin blue line. dedicated to uh, law enforcement and um, first responders in general but mainly law enforcement and uh, because I have a lot of friends in law enforcement and they need support probably more now than ever Um, Mm -hmm. but that song I wrote with Joey Scott in Nashville and I came in and I said look Joey this is where I'm coming from this is my what I'm passionate about and uh, why I explained the whole reason why the song needed to be created to her and we sat there for a few hours and just wrote the the most like heartwarming and real lyrics that um, that we could come up with, and it, it turned out beautifully. I'm so proud of this song, and it's really just kind of like a brainstorming session. It really is. It's um, and I love writing with other people because um, you throw anything out there, as crazy as it may be, any thought you may have, um, even though you know it's not going to work it might spark another idea that does work and that's just how it works uh like brainstorming honestly so uh i just i just kind of try to clear my mind and let it flow like honestly i feel like it flows like out of my heart it's <laughs> i want my songs to have some kind of a meaning so um it's it's really cool to write with other people it's actually kind of a new experience for me i've always written alone until uh, about three years ago so um i'm pretty sure that uh, I'm gonna get better at it. Um, I think I'm pretty good at you know right now, but um, I really need to get back to more songwriting. Honestly, with this quarantine and everything, uh, I've been kind of a lazy bum. I've just <laughs> I've been so like glued to the screen and trying to figure out what's going on in the world and what the hell I'm gonna do um, and trying not to get depressed. You know, thinking about stuff. Um, so. I've had a pretty tough time focusing in the last month or two, um, but I'm looking forward to getting back into it once all this crap is over. Um,
0: Hopefully but yeah, soon. My, my
1: process is like I'm more of a lyricist, and then the music comes later. But inspiration can come from just about anywhere; it really can. I mean, look at that what? Red Solo Cup song. Jeez, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Anyway. laughs>
0: you know? When will When will Thin uh, Blue Line
1: be released? I don't have a date yet. I don't have a date yet. Uh, I want to tweak it a little bit before it's released. Yeah, so yeah. Um, when we get back in the studio um, hopefully very much sooner than later um, then I'll have an update on that. you um, are you, uh, are, are, are you a
0: perfectionist in that regard?
1: a little bit. I kind of have been my whole life in everything. Um, but I know like when it comes to art, any kind of art, being a perfectionist could actually ruin it. So a lot of times if something's bothering me, I'll take a step back because you know, you can be too close to it. You can be a lot like <laughs> but you can't really see what you're or hear what you're supposed to hear and just you're too close to it. So I take a step back a few days later, maybe a week later, and I listen to it. And then the thing that bothered me doesn't bother me anymore. You know, it's you can't be too much of a perfectionist. So I think if if you aim if you aim for what you know the vision that you have and you get close enough to it you gotta allow for the nuances because that's what makes it unique and special um you can't be you can't choke it you know you can't choke it out with uh, control you have to have a little bit of artistic license there you know a little bit of uh um margin on the sides uh, and i think that's where uh, that's where a lot of the beauty ends up coming from things yeah. that you don't expect things that you don't expect you know
0: And not everybody's going to love it, right? Uh, So,
1: you know, you have to love it. That's yeah. That's the most important thing. If I don't like it, I mean, there might be someone that does, but I, I'll be afraid to show it to anybody if I don't like it. So, (laughs) yeah. So, how do you deal?
0: How do you deal when you go online, um, and you do see the random comment? You know, some people are crazy. uh, Yeah. you know, just the, the haters or the, or the trolls that you might get in occasional comment, does it bother you?
1: No, not really. <laughs> not really. I, honestly, I haven't experienced a lot of that. I
0: really, really? haven't.
1: I've had a lot of um, positive support and feedback. Um, I've had like some people say things, I don't like this song, but I like this song. I'm like, that's cool. You don't have to like it. It's you know, to each their own. Um, I'm still proud of it, and I still like it. And um it's coming from the heart it's coming from the right place i'm not out there trying to win people's uh adoration i'm not doing it for that, so if you don't like it, fine, don't listen to it that, yeah it that doesn't bother me any
0: what What is your ultimate uh, goal what's the uh what's the end of the road look like to you?
1: I would really love to just make a living doing this and doing what I love um, that's why I walked away from engineering because. I was dying inside. I needed something that could like feed my soul you know, something that fed that creative side of my brain that apparently is stronger than the logical side of my brain because engineering just wasn't doing it for me. Uh, so I just want to make a living doing what I'm happy. And, uh, you know, the relationships actually that you make through doing this are, have become so important to me. Um, that's another big part of it. So, you know, if I, if I end up building a nice life for myself, that that's really the goal. I, I don't care about, I don't want to be famous, to be honest with you. <laughs> Maybe somewhat famous, you know, but, eh, <laughs> not too crazy. I just I just want to be happy, which is probably the hardest thing to do in this world.
0: <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I agree. Um, yeah. What do you like to do besides music? Like, what are you into?
1: Um, going to the gym when it's open. <laughs> it's killing me that it's not. Uh, Um, I love love sports. Um, I've played every sport you could think of, but now I just, uh, I bowl and I'm a golfer and, uh, you know, stuff that you don't really get injured doing. Uh, so I, I like that stuff. I like to be outdoors. Uh, I like cooking. Um, I've always actually, uh, since I was a kid, I've been fascinated and studied, biblical prophecy too that's really one of my big things especially like times like these it becomes even more interesting you know so um i really like science like i'm always trying to learn something every day feed my brain so i'm pretty active i would say
0: yeah
1: i like to drink too i like to go hang out with my buddies and have a few beers (laughs) (laughs) i'm just a regular guy
0: everything everything you like is shut down right now
1: i know i know actually my (laughs) bar that i had been drinking at for over a decade is probably closed for good now yeah yeah that was depressing um i really man people there became like a family to me so we're we'll figure out a new place to hang out once this is over but oh man the memories there will live forever it's a shame it really is
0: a shame Mm -hmm. yeah it's for a lot of people too. I'm sure once we, once we get through here, it's going to look a little different. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Are you still, are you still acting?
1: Actually? Yeah. I'm glad you you brought that up. Cause I forgot. Um, <laughs> I was cast as uh, a young Johnny cash in a film, uh, called 116 McDougal. And, uh, that's why I cut my hair. It's a mess right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it used to be pretty long if you saw my, my album, but, uh, yeah, I was cast as a young Johnny Cash in a film called One Sixteen 16 The movie's about, well, that's the, that's the address of the Gaslight Cafe in Greenwich village in the late fifties, early sixties. And that's where the counterculture movement really got started. You know, Bob Dylan got his start there as a writer. He was about 18 years old, 19, uh, Woody Guthrie, Peter, Paul, and Mary, uh, a lot of writers too, uh, Allen Ginsberg, uh, Jack Kerouac, beat writers and and folk musicians, basically, and um, the story is about how um, the owner, who's actually originally from Pittsburgh, the owner of the Gaslight Cafe, and how he protected his artists from the mafia, from the police, the FBI, the local government, because their message was their message was considered a threat. It was counterculture, you know, um, early '60s, you know, radical movement. So um, the story is about how this place changed music history and American history. And uh, well, when they found out that Johnny Cash would pass through there whenever he was up in New York, he would he would stop in and play there uh, just unannounced. You know, Um, they were like, well, we have to put that in the movie. He's so iconic. You know, he has to be part of this film. So a friend of mine who's on the film suggested me and they called me up. The producers called me up and um, told me about it. And I said, guess what? I actually have a recording of me singing Folsom Prison Blues. I'll send it over to you. So I sent it to them. And within a couple hours, it was unanimous. All the producers, the director, they um, they wanted me for the role. Wow. And uh, I was the only person they even auditioned, which is pretty cool. So I get to play Johnny Cash in this film. Uh, hopefully we film it this year. Um, I don't know what the heck's happening with this you know, with everything going on, um, but we already recorded the soundtrack. I have two songs on that, and we did a live performance last year um, on stage. It was kind of a condensed version of the film, uh, so that was an awesome experience. So yeah, I'm still acting, uh, and I'm just really looking forward to doing this. I just don't know when it's going to happen. So,
0: what are you? Uh, what's your bigger passion, the music or the acting?
1: It's become, music, it's become, yeah, more music. Acting, uh, I've always loved it since I was a kid, actually. There's a time capsule that I opened up after high school that I, I'd uh, everybody in our class made when we were in, like, first grade. And we opened it up, and it said when I was in, like, first grade or whatever that I wanted to be an actor. So it's always kind of been a part of who I am, I think. Um, and I, I'll always love it. Uh, but music especially live, is like nothing else, like it's instant gratification, it's such a rush, you know, you get a buzz just from being up there and it's awesome. Um, and it's just really cool that I get to combine the music and the acting now. It's like it came full circle finally. And that, that just tells me, you know, I'm on the right path. I really hope so.
0: What, what instrument did you play in high school or in, in,
1: in grade school? Uh, I played, let's see, I played the trombone, the baritone, and the double bass in the orchestra. The big boom, 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 double bass. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish I'd stuck with it. I didn't. Uh, But how many people have said that before? Uh, And so I'm more of a lyricist, uh, vocalist, um, front man, um, by no means a lead guitarist, but I'm learning guitar. So I never really needed to learn guitar. It wasn't necessary until I started pursue music, so um, I'm learning that, and uh, luckily, I have some music experience under my belt that it's making it a little bit easier for me, you know but uh, I try to focus mostly on on the on the vocals um, so I don't think I'll ever be a lead guitar player that's fine <laughs> that's, I'd rather sing anyway.
0: So uh, uh, what do you think when all this is over with all the virus and you can get back out there? What, what should we be looking out for?
1: Uh, well, I don't know how long it's going to take for live, live venues you know, to, to open up. It might be a few months. Um, I don't know, brother. You know, I think I'm just going to try and focus on getting into the studio and focus on recording. Um, because that'll be open a lot sooner than the bars and clubs will be so i'm going to try and get my my next album ready to go for when this whole thing opens wide up and and we uh we're back to whatever the new normal will be um yeah i don't know what to expect this is kind of uncharted territory you know it really is um it's stressing me out so I don't want to talk about
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not alone, so don't worry. We're all, too, we're all feeling the same way. Yeah. Um, it's like a different world when you go out and you try to go out to the grocery store.
1: I know. Oh, my goodness. Last night, I was at the gas station getting a frozen pizza and an iced tea. And the security guard comes up to me and says, you can't come in here. I was like, what? He's like, you don't have a mask. I was like, that's not the law. You know, it's like a guideline. (laughs) And he was like, well, then they won't serve you. I was like, how about I do this? He's like, okay. I was like, I was a little angry because he didn't tell other people. There were a few people walking around there. He didn't bother. I said, what the heck? But then, you know what? I was like, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. He was, I don't know if he was a security guy, police officer or whatever. I said, you know what? Thank you. He's like, look, these aren't my rules. I said, I understand, but thank you for what you're doing. And I just, I just went like this and got my pizza and left so i'm having trouble adjusting these things obviously i actually i do have a mask um i should keep it in my car for when i go out it's in the closet at home
0: yeah i mean i was out i was out this morning and i went to um to walmart i, I think you guys have walmart out in pittsburgh oh, yeah. and uh target and uh, they will not let you
1: in the store now without that mask yeah As- yeah actually i saw something on facebook i don't know if it's true uh, as of eight o'clock last night um governor wolf mandates wearing a mask if you're um if you're out in a store or anywhere so yeah yeah wow
0: let's not talk about that depressing stuff
1: yeah <laughs> oh well <laughs> sun's shining
0: yeah that's <laughs> it that's, looks like a lot of grass you have to cut back there
1: that's a golf course. That's not me. Oh, all <laughs> this right. Is my this is my grandfather's grass. I'm that his riding lawnmower here. Oh, little nice. John Deere. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's turning ninety five in about two weeks. So uh, I cut his grass for him. He's not home right now. He's 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 out at uh, he's in Des Moines, Iowa, at my aunt Jackie's house. So we're just trying to keep him safe. You know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Matt. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, it you, was really nice talking to you. Too, man. Stay, po- stay positive. I'll put all your links up so everybody can find you. Um, yeah. You know, definitely go onto YouTube and take a look at the videos. I mean, the songs are all great. Um, and it's like I said, I wouldn't say I'm a country fan, um, but then every, I start listening to everybody's songs, and I'm like, oh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So maybe I am yeah. a country fan.
1: There's something for everybody in there, I think. You know, a little bit of something for everybody.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, take care. I'll talk. You and i appreciate it all right brother thank and, uh, you for having me we'll make sure we we'll make sure we tag you so you can see all your all this video
1: sounds good sounds thank good you, all right sir. man Stay safe and god bless Take care you too yep you too right,
0: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more